Welcome to another episode of the Shift Your Life Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7. morning, good afternoon, good evening to you. I just wanted to make sure that I covered all the bases because I know that the Shift Your Life podcast is being downloaded and listened to in over 10 different countries. And I want to make sure that I have my time right with all of you who are listening all over the world. I want to start today's episode off with a word of thanks thanking you for helping me have my very best month in almost a year of having the Shift Your Life podcast. This month, we have been downloaded almost 1,000 times by 1,000 different unique listeners. Wow. We have grown tremendously over the last 11 months. I can remember when I first started, I was only getting about 100 downloads a month. And now we are working our way close to having at least 1,000 downloads for the month of February. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This episode of the Shift Your Life podcast, I once again have an opportunity to share with you an interview I did some time ago of a great friend, great coach, great inspirer by the name of Asa Laveau. Asa is the CEO of Genius Academy, and he is an awesome awesome young man. And Asa and I discussed this question. What's holding you back? Many of us deal with various circumstances and situations in our lives, and we allow those things to keep us from achieving our goals and dreams in life. And I did an interview, a blab interview with Asa some time ago on dealing with the question of what's holding you back. And Asa and I discussed several strategies, several tools that will help you shift your life and shift past those things that are holding you back. So I hope that today's episode and this interview is a blessing to you and that you learn something from this interview to be able to help you shift into your better and your best life. So without any further delay, let me now share with you this episode of Shift Your Life podcast with Asa Laveau, the genius activator. Well, once again, we welcome you to tonight's Blab live video chat with the genius activator himself, Asa Laveau. Tonight's topic we're going to be talking about is what's holding you back? What's holding you back? So I'm going to get my trusty iPad here and read a little bit about Mr. Laveau. Even though I know him personally, I want to make sure that I do my due diligence and justice to introduce you to him for those of you who may not know him, but I'm sure that many of you already know who Asa Laveau is. But we're going to share real quick a, a brief bio of who he is. Asa Laveau delights in the fact that he has learned to operate within his personal motto of possessing a joyous existence conceived by enlightened thought and achieved through love, passion, and wealth. As a result of working with Asa, coaches, trainers, and entrepreneurs are guaranteed to receive a luxury level of accountability service for themselves and their clients as they innovate, learn, and grow. Asa serves the world through his endeavors of love, 
passion, and wealth through being the chief strategy and revenue officer of Laveau Group Incorporated and the founder of Genius Academy and the author also of I Am Man Enough, 365 Affirmations for Men. Asa often tells his audiences and clients, business is a necessity, bliss is a luxury, and you deserve both. And so Asa, I want to welcome you to tonight's live chat on what's holding you back. Welcome. Thank you for that introduction. I had to look around to see if you were talking about me. Appreciate that much. <laughs> we were talking about you. Let me introduce myself real quick. My name is Markeith Brayton. I am the Chief Inspiration Officer of Markeith Brayton Inspires, as well as the host and founder of the Shift Your Life podcast. As a result of working with me, individuals learn to live inside their purpose, to step inside their calling and live the life that they were created to live. And so we are so excited that you are on tonight's Blab. What's holding you back? Asa, why don't you go ahead and get started and maybe share a little bit more in-depth knowledge of who you are. And then let's start this conversation about what's holding people back. Because we both are coaches, we work with clients, and we get to hear these stories and there's a tendency that these stories are in common among many people. So, yes. So thank you, Marquis, for allowing me to come uh, in your Blab community. I'm loving all the energy here from Lindsay and Queen Lee and Johnson Got Game One. I see everybody, Sterling. I see everybody. So I'm honored to be here. Uh, just as Marquis stated, I am the founder of Genius Academy, which is the largest and most effective accountability practice in the world, as well as the best-selling author of I Am Man Enough. And though that may sound okay to some, um, great to others, of course, you know, that wasn't always the case. There were times when I didn't know how to manifest anything. I did not know how to manifest a life. I didn't know how to manifest money. I didn't know how to manifest love. And I don't mean love from the outside, but love flowing from the inside to myself. And that tasted like dried up crackers. And it sounded like little bats crying. It just was not in a good spot to be in. So I am thankful to be in the spot I am now uh, being here with Marquise, being here with you, so we can definitely assist you and give you some some action steps to get you to manifesting the life that you want and desire. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I am man enough. You know, I remember when you were uh, preparing to write the book or were talking about the idea when we met two years ago. You were talking about, you know, this idea of writing a book of affirmations uh, for men to help encourage them because you and I had a similar limiting thought uh, along the way. And because my, my thought too was that I was not enough. And for many years, I struggled with this idea that there was more that I needed to do, more that I needed to become in order to be enough for this place of greatness that I was called to. And going through that conference where we met at Lisa Nichols speaking right to make millions in San Diego, California, really helped me to learn that I was enough. And I created this new affirming uh, saying, this new affirming thought that anytime that I thought that I was not enough, I began to tell myself I am enough because God created me to be enough. Mm -hmm. And anytime that thing begins to rise up in my mind, I have something that I can use to defeat that thought so that I can walk into my greaterness, as a friend of mine named Yakinia Marie would say, your greaterness. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about the identification of limiting thoughts and beliefs that hold us back. Hmm. 
So identification of limiting beliefs. <clears throat> so just in case you are not clear about what a limiting belief is, you know that thought about yourself that you keep playing at 3.18 in the morning? The thought about yourself that sometimes people say to you in tweets and people say to you at family picnics and you say, you know, sticks and stones might hurt my bones, but words never hurt me. Or you label them as quote unquote haters and then you cry yourself into an oblivion in the shower, that's a limiting belief. Just so we are totally clear about what a limiting belief is. And so some of us identify with that limiting belief in such a way that it consumes all of us. It, it comes out in our relationships. It comes out in the way we take on new clients and new enterprises, and even the way we dress ourselves. Some of us aren't dressing ourselves because it's fashionable. Some of us are dressing ourselves because we think lowly of ourselves and we identify with a lesser version of who we be. Mm. That's the identification of a limiting belief. And one way to understand what your limiting belief is and see if you have identification with it, ask yourself this, how does God see you? And then look in the mirror. Are you portraying that? That's good. That's good. How does God see you? You know, and when you said that, that reminded me of that scripture that we we were fearfully and wonderfully made, that we were made in the image and in the likeness of God. And so when we think about those limiting beliefs, we've got to realize that the creator who created us, created us with everything that we need in order to succeed. There was nothing lacking. There was nothing missing. We had everything that we need when we were created. And so a lot of times what happens is, is that we do allow these different things come in our lives and cause us to uh, be stagnant and comfortable. But I want to share something. That I shared uh, about a couple of months ago when I did Shift Your Life University. And I'm going to pull this up real quick so that you all can see it, so that you know when the limiting belief started with me. This is not actually me, but this reminded me of myself. You know, this whole idea of being a young child who wasn't particularly, uh, who felt loved or who felt a little bit left out, who felt different and was picked on a lot because of the difference that I was. And a lot of times when I was this age, this is what I looked like. A little bit um, upset, you know, emotional, because I didn't seemingly fit. And what I didn't realize at that age that I realize now was that I wasn't supposed to fit. I wasn't supposed to fit in the existing puzzle, but yet God had created me to be a piece of, of, of a puzzle to start a new puzzle. You know, sometimes we try our best to fit into an existing puzzle when your piece is supposed to start a new puzzle. But I didn't know that then. And so the formula formulation of these limiting beliefs began really at this age. Uh oh. At this age. <laughs> and so let's talk about how those those thoughts begin to form at an early age. And yet what I believe is that many of us are just grown kids still battling with the same things that we had to go through when we were this age. Talk a little bit about that. So you, and I understand everything about that. Um, I understand that, yes, a lot of times we have the wings and yet we choose to crawl. And sometimes we don't even choose to crawl. Sometimes we just, just want to stay stagnant and wrapped up into our own cocoon when our we're crying because our wings are hurting 
and we're just, they want they know we're supposed to fly like the divine knows we're not meant to be in this place anymore That's right. so for me and yes that little boy in that picture crying like that i can remember too much too much about that and something that resonated with me actually i went to an event um, in costa rica uh, about a week and a half ago and i went through a hypnotherapy session and during that session something that resonated with me was that i was not good enough but not just good enough for me but i also wasn't good enough for god mm. and what i mean by that story is that there was a time so i'm sitting in a church uh, a very uh very pentecostal style mm. uh, i like to say black amish um so a very black amish type of environment okay and, and my little brother he's 3 years younger than me and i was 6 at the time so he was 3 and i'm sitting there as the oldest of five kids i'm sitting there uh reading something being very very quiet because my mama said be quiet so i was always that kid and my little brother is literally running like running around the pews in church service and the pastor of this church looks over the pulpit points to my brother and says now that's a boy mm. so if you can ever understand where so the hurt that came from that came from a place where i saw god cuz in the african american tradition in the united of course african american just in the united states we view our spiritual leaders as almost jesus's first cousin and so we understand that you have jesus picture over here and doc's picture right on the same level on that baptism pool that you look up to from the pew yeah they're on the same plane and so to have that said to me at such a young age did nothing for my spirit did nothing for who i was meant to be and yet everything for what i was meant to be because i had to know what it was like to not be viewed as a possibility not be viewed as a potential so that i could then speak life and possibilities and potential into others so yes i understand limiting beliefs and as far as how they come to you as a child but it's a great experience when you understand the role that limiting belief played in your life and how it can be such uh, a a value to others awesome 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 hey you know we have 50 people on tonight right now and hey continue to share tonight because we are really helping to well we're really wanting to break up some of that uh, fallow ground uh, of 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 terrible thinking because ultimately what i've learned is what's holding most of us back is us we are our own worst enemy i like what les brown says he says that if you can conquer the enemy within mm-hmm. the enemy without can do you no harm we don't have to worry about the haters we don't have to worry about all of the folks that don't like us we don't have to worry about all of the individuals who are on the external on the outside of who we are because if we can really defeat the enemy that's within us then we don't have to worry about all the external enemies that are attempting to try to cause us to abort our dreams abort our visions abort our opportunities because once we deal with who we are on the inside once we realize who we are and how great we are we don't have to worry about that external stuff and so what's really holding us back is our mindset it's how we think coupled with how we speak you know and many of you know that you know i am a minister and so it's hard for me to kind of not uh, give that ministerial passion because what i know for sure is as a man thinks as a woman thinks in his or her heart so shall she or so shall he become and what we were wanting to do is to get you to think a, a little bit better about your your future to think a little bit better about your present moment because what you're going through the challenges that you're experiencing 
are doing nothing but molding you into the person that you need to become in order to reap the fruit and the dreams and the visions that you have. And so when we talk about this thing about what's holding us back, Asa, can you share a little bit about what were some of the things that were holding you back outside of your limiting beliefs or some of the um, obstacles or challenges that were holding you back to keep you from the place that you are now? Good question. Really good question. And I'll answer like this. I was so focused on what everybody wasn't doing for me that I had no energy on what everything I needed to do for me. Wow. I was worried about somebody not showing up to my store. I was worried about someone not bringing their child to my daycare center. I was worried about someone not sharing my Facebook post. I was worried about somebody not coming into my speaking seminar. I was worried about somebody not giving me kudos where I thought I needed kudos. I was concerned about every single thing else rather than what I was supposed to be doing in this world in a divine way. Hmm. So I'll sum it up like this. And I say this often. Your passion is your problem. Once I understood that my passion was for me and then inherently it was my problem, not anyone else's, that's when I became really clear and stopped holding people hostage of not showing up the way I thought they should show up for me. Because guess what? Not everyone is supposed to show up in the way you think they're supposed to be. Why do I mean by that? In business, I can speak to you, Markeith. I can, you said Yakinia Marie, I can call her, April Franks Hunt, uh, Allison Burrs, Zenobia Andrews. We can call these great minds, great world changers, and say, hey, you know, I got this going on and I need this support. Or uh, how can I support you in this moment? How can I make a difference in your life? And we can be really quick off the phone, about less than 10 minutes. We're very, Uh, We're action driven and result driven. We know how to get things done. And then sometimes I don't need anybody to care that I was on Black Enterprise. I don't need anybody to care that I was on number one for anything. What I need is somebody to lay in the lap of and just call me Asa and not have to worry about anything that can be Googled. I just need somebody to rub my head, tell me that it'll be okay, and that I don't have to show up as this magnificent thing in a blazer with a logo. I don't have to do that. I can literally show up the way I want to. But if they can't give me the freedom to do that, unless I give them the freedom to not have my passion. Mm, mm, mm. Kind of reminds me of, uh, Brene Brown's book on vulnerability, you know, having that opportunity to be vulnerable, you know, but yet knowing that you you don't deserve my vulnerability until you're also in the ring too, you know, and 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 you and you are sharing your own vulnerability, you know, and so being able to show up and being able to be authentic being able to be who you are with individuals um, in spite of or despite the logos or despite what you Google when you see me uh, um, on Google or wherever, if you see me on a platform, you know, that is what I do. That's not who I am, you know, (laughs) and being able to be received in the fact that I'm not necessarily, I'm not what I do. That's how God gets the message or what he needs to get out to you through me. That's how he gets it out. But that's not necessarily who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the quotes I love and it's always relevant um, with everything that I talk about, because I think that this is where a lot of people are. And if you can really capture this, when I tell you, if you can capture this, I want you to capture this right now. Miles Monroe says this. He says that the greatest tragedy in life is life without purpose, life with no direction. He says, moreover, the greatest failure in life is to be successful at the wrong assignment. See, many of us are successful, but we're successful at the wrong thing. 
and we're successful at the wrong thing because we're so concerned about what other people think about what we're doing. We're so concerned about whether or not it looks successful. We're so concerned about whether or not we're perceived successful when all you really are doing is just looking good at the wrong thing. When you have something right, you should be looking good at. When you have something right, you should be doing. And what is happening is, is that a lot of people are missing out on their blessing. A lot of people are missing out on their opportunity to be authentic. A lot of people are missing out on, on their opportunity to pursue their dreams because you are being fake. You are not pursuing the thing that you're supposed to be pursuing. You're not doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And now people are hanging in the balance because of your unwillingness to be authentic. Don't be successful at the wrong assignment. Be successful at the right assignment. And when we talk about what's holding us back, many of us got to be, we have to be delivered from people. And sometimes those people are in your family. <laughs> sometimes those people are the friends that you hang out with on Friday night. Sometimes those people are the individuals that you go to work with every day. What's holding you back? And so I want to stop real quick and I want to hear, you know, you can type in the comment section or we would love for you to come on. We have two seats available. If you have a question or something that you want to share uh, about what has been holding you back that you want us to address on tonight, um, come on in on the open seat or you can type it in the message. But we'd love for you to come in the open seat that's available. April Franks Hunt, do you have anything you want to share? I see your face up there. We'd love for you to come in in the open seat if you want to share anything. But you are so open. Uh, you, uh, The seat is open for you to come in if you want to share anything about what has been holding you back so that we can address that. And I'm going to wait maybe a couple of seconds to see if anybody wants to come in to share their thoughts or comments. Any comments that you would want to share, you can come in in the open seat or share it in the message, or we will continue our conversation. Well, we're going to go ahead and continue the conversation. If you want to come in, all you have to do is click the button to come in to the live chat on Blab, and we will share. You can share your question or share your comment, and we will go from there. One of the things that I also realized, um, and I said it just a few minutes ago, is our friends, the people who we spend time with, sometimes is the reason why we're being held back. And I'll never forget a comment that was made. And it was a comment concerning uh, one's finances. But what he said, and I believe it was George Frazier or Les Brown or T.D. Jake, somebody, I listened to them all and they start to all start to sound the same. But this is what he said. He said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need a new room. If you're the most uh, wealthy person among your friends, you need new friends. And so a lot of times what's holding us back is that we're not placing a high enough demand on our potential and we're continuing to, continuing to surround ourselves around individuals who are not bringing us up. And so can you talk a little bit about that as it pertains to can our relationships also hold us back? Okay, so yes, yes, our relationships can hold us back. And I, I take this quote um, to sum up that. Everything that you are seeking is seeking you. Everything that you are seeking is seeking you. And how in the world is it going to be able to find you when you are still living in the gutter? Seriously, if there's a divine assignment. Now, I, I am a witness to anything that is meant for you is coming for you. But I want to make things a little bit easier. And so I don't want my divine assignment to have to work so hard. So my thing is, if I have a divine assignment to be a millionaire, then I need to stop worrying about $20 being a huge investment or $100 being a huge investment or $10,000 being a huge investment. I need to play like I expect to be. That's what I'm saying as far as that. Now, in regards to our relationships, now, for all of my 
divorced people in the room. I am a happily divorced individual. And I can say with all certainty that yes, sometimes your relationships will keep you distracted or even allow a level of comfortability that is not for you. What do I mean by that? For my experience, it looks like having someone tell me that I wasn't good in business and they had never opened one. Mm. It looks like people having something to say about everything that I wrote, but they couldn't write text messages with good English. That's what it looked like for me. And I don't want you to have to go through life thinking, but I'm with them, but they're my blood. Blood or no blood, vows or no vows. You have to come to a point that sometimes your enemies treat you better than the people that say they love you. Mm. That's just the fact. And once you understand and recognize your divinity, once you understand and recognize who you are meant to serve in this world, everything else will not matter. And this is not just about entrepreneurship. You can serve people by doing their hair. You can serve people by watching their children. You can serve people by feeding people at the shelter. You can serve people by giving hugs at Walmart. You can serve people by being somebody nice at the airport. Like some, is there somebody nice in this airport that would just smile to me today at 6.15 on my way to New York? Seriously, can you just be that person? So understand who you serve. And don't worry so much about who's holding you back. But you won't know who's holding you back unless you know your level of divine assignment. If you are totally oblivious to what you are called to do and who you serve, it won't feel like you're being held back because where you are will be comfortable. And you'll say, oh, this is what I'm used to. Yeah, this is this is what God, the divine spirit has for me. This works. This is good. So I'm going to ask you to get clear. In this moment, really clear and understand to be, I mean, understand it to the level that you can tell it to a six-year-old and the six-year-old say, oh, that's who you are. Because Einstein says that if you can explain it to a six-year-old, you know what you're talking about. So explain it to them like that. How are you supposed to be in this world? How are you meant to show up? And who do you serve? If you can answer that, you are definitely on your way to manifesting your new life. Awesome. 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 You know, I want to add to that a little bit. And I was pulling this up because I wanted to make sure that I had them correctly. But some of you may be asking yourself, you know, what is it that I'm truly called to do? What is that thing that I am supposed to be offering to the world? And there are three questions that I have come across that I think will help you answer that question. The first question is, what would you do right now? What would you do right now if you knew you could not fail? That's question number one. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Question number two. What would you do if no one paid you to do it? Question number two. What would you do if no one paid you to do it? And question number three, what makes you come alive? What makes you come alive? There's a theologian by the name of Howard Thurman. And Howard Thurman says this. He says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. Because what makes you come alive is what the world needs. And so the, the, the thought there is, is that you know what makes you come alive. You know what you're called to do. You know what your purpose to do. Ask yourself those three questions. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? What would you do if no one paid you to do it? And what makes you come alive. I like to ask that question 
what do you love to hate in the world? Hate is a a, a very passionate, you know, derogatory word sometimes. But in this instance, what is the thing that you love to hate? And the thing that I truly love to hate was in that quote that I said. And I love to hate the fact, or I love to hate seeing people operate below their potential. I love to hate uh, seeing people um, function in something that is not purposed for them to function in. And I love to help steer them in the direction that is more in alignment with what their calling is. I hate seeing individuals uh, uh, function under their personal ability. What is it that you love to hate? What do you resolve in this world? Who are you the answer for? You are the answer for somebody. There's a saying that I heard one time before, and it says that you may not mean a whole lot to this world, but to somebody, you mean the whole world. That's a tweetable right there. You may not mean a whole lot to this world, but to somebody, you mean the whole world. And that somebody is waiting on you to push aside those things that have been holding you back all of these years and step into your greatness. I know that there are some questions out there. Um, I did read a response from Queenly and Confidence. She said, I believe one of the biggest things holding most people back is the fact that they have not seen people in their immediate circle achieve any success outside of their nine to five. That's a great comment. She says success in a nine to five is expected, but success at something outside employment is very scary for most people. Thank you for sharing that, Queenly. And one of the things that I was sharing on the Periscope right before uh, we did this um, blab tonight, and that is, is that I asked the question uh, that was yesterday, actually, what is it that you're afraid of? What is it that you are really afraid of? Because I had to learn that fear really only exists in my mind. It's not really real. It's based on what my previous experiences were or what my failures had been before. And I created this level of fear that would cause me not to go after the thing that I wanted. And so if I failed at something before, I remember the thing that I failed at and I began to rehearse that in my mind. And it causes me to not pursue that the next thing because I'm rehearsing in my mind the previous experience. So it really wasn't real, but I created it in my mind and made it real. And so it kept me from moving. But when I realized that the failure that I had was really only a stepping stone, it was really only a teacher. It was really only something that was helping me to uh, become a better person so that I could begin again a better way. Then I realized that, you know what? There's nothing for me to be afraid of. <laughs> Because even if I don't reach the goal that I intended, I'm just that much more closer to the goal. And so what is it that you're afraid of? What has really been holding you back this year? Why haven't you really achieved what it is that you said you wanted to achieve in 2015? What is that thing that's holding you back? Marquis, can I can I put something with that? Absolutely. So Marquis just asked you all, what are you afraid of? And I'm going to say it. I'm going to. Well, he said it perfectly. I'm going to add an ace of spin on it. Are you scared to write the book because you're still dealing with the fact that in second grade, someone said that you were stu too stupid to go to school? Have you still not decided to go to the speaking engagement because you feel like you're too heavy to be on a stage? Have you still not decided, have you decided to not do the charity or nonprofit you were meant to do because you're serving people who have been abused and you're still not willing to share your story of abuse. So therefore still dealing with the handcuffs of that abuse. Are you still 
not willing to open up the business because once upon a time you stole from your mama's purse and she told you that you were a thief. And so now you think that anything you touch is damned and ruined because you have a limiting belief that you are a thief. Mm. What is the fear that you have connected to the thing that you have been desiring for years? Some of you all have not birthed in years. Years physically is supposed to take nine months. You have had a thing growing within you for 10 years. When are you going to birth it? When are you going to allow the labor pains to go? When are you just going to understand they are here, I acknowledge them and release it? What is the reason you have not done it? Some of you are on the side. I have been to conferences with you. Some of you all, I follow on social media. Some of you all think that Markeith and I don't see you when we really see you. And you've been talking about that book for I don't know how long. And you've been talking about that business for I don't know how long. And you've been talking about that baby you want for I don't know how long. And that relationship that you want for I don't know how long. And you losing that extra 50 pounds that you think is such a big deal for how long? Right, that. So understand, get clear about what you are afraid of and release it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Well, I think Asa just walked down a couple of our lanes. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, walls, lights. (laughs) Organizing guru, she said, stepping into the spotlight, being an introvert has held her... uh, I'm assuming you're saying that that has been something that has held you back as far as being an introvert and not necessarily stepping into the spotlight. And a lot, a lot of times, you know, the interesting thing is most people don't know it, but I consider myself to be an introvert. I consider myself to be someone who does not function well in a crowd of people, or I don't, particularly enjoy being around a whole bunch of people. I've never really had a whole lot of friends. I've always had a, a intimate group of friends that I always spent time with. Uh, I enjoy being at home, reading a book or watching a movie, laying on the couch. You know, I enjoy having one or two friends over to the house, but not necessarily a whole group of folks. Um, that's my personality. But the interesting thing is, is that the gifts that God gave me were not necessarily introverted gifts. And I don't know, there was a word somebody told me that was, um, that categorizes people who are introverted personalities, but extroverted giftings. Because I sing, I speak, I teach, you know, and a lot of the things that I do, I'm a minister a lot of the things that I do forces me to be extroverted and to be engaged with people on a daily basis. But my preference, my preference is to still away and be to myself at times. Uh, Christy Jean says centrovert. Okay. <laughs> I like that word. I'll use that next time. Centrovert. I want to know, are there any questions from anybody? Anybody have any questions, comments that you would like to share? We would love to have somebody come in one of these open seats. You know, don't be afraid. I think organizing guru, this might be your time to step out of, out of outside of that introvertedness and come on inside and step into the spotlight and share a, a, a quick word with us. Organizing guru. Step into the light, Carolyn. Step on into the light. <laughs> Share your thoughts. All right. We got somebody who wants to step into the seat. Come on in. And welcome to What's Holding You Back with Marquise Braden and Asa Laveau. We see your face pulsating there. So hopefully you're coming in. We have one extra seat as well if you want to come in and share with us. But we'll continue the conversation until, and I think I might be butchering her name because I'm pronouncing it how I see it. And it's Lindsay and Nita. But I don't know if I'm saying that right. And I need you to come on in 
and share with me if I'm saying that right. So we talked about friends and relationships that may be holding us back. We talked about our limiting thoughts. Asa, do you have anything else that you've heard from clients of yours that has held them back for some time and not pursuing their goals? Yes. Um, oh, there's, well, there's Lindsay. I'll let Lindsay go first. Wait a minute. So am I butchering your name? It is Lindsay. Oh, okay. Okay, good. That's what I thought, but I was like, I don't think I'm saying it right. Well, welcome to the Blab. Yeah, I Lindsay. figured I would go on and get the hot seat warmed up. <laughs> get it all warmed up. So share, share your thoughts about what you've heard so far tonight. Okay, um, I've loved what I've heard so far. And I, I've known that I've had some limiting beliefs over the years and probably the last 15 months have been my time to address them. Um, and it's, it's not been easy to be truthful to then go, you know, well, one that you said, Asa, that was like, ah, oh, he makes me sick. Uh, <laughs> was, you know, am I too heavy? Now I'm, I'm cute now. But am I too heavy to be up on the stage? You know what I'm saying? So that is, I'll be honest. Hey, I talk about real life and this is what it is. So that that really kind of was something that I was like, listen, either you're going to have to put up or shut up. Hmm. And if if you're heavy, you're going to have to just give the message heavy. And then you're going to have to work on that. Because if I, I had to make a decision that if I, needed to get the message out that I was going to have to do it no matter what it looked like because somebody's waiting on me. So that was, that was difficult. That was, it was a difficult thing to do because then um, it really did. It really kind of went into that self-acceptance, you know, and that self-love that I had to deal with for a long time and just go, you know, do I love me? And for a long time, I didn't love me. And I didn't value my gifts and all those things. So what you're talking about is, is spot on, spot on. Um, of course, I, I appreciate the fact that, Marquis, that you, you know, that you're, I would say that you're going to be politically correct and then Asia just going to pull it all down and be like, all right, listen. <laughs> That's it. That's so it. I, I appreciate That's that. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, because we need that. Right. Uh, we wear masks and we do hide, especially behind social media in those things. So yeah, oh yeah, I see them too, I see them too. I'll just lay it out there, y'all, I ain't working out, I need to though, you know? <laughs> that's just what it is, so. That's- I tell people all the time that, you know, you can make Facebook and Twitter tell whatever story you wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we can hide behind Facebook and Twitter all day long. And then when we get off Facebook and Twitter, we walk into a household of chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facebook and Twitter, and we walk into a man or a woman beating us down. Yep. So we get off Facebook and Twitter, and we, we walk into a job that we know we hate, but we're too comfortable to move. Yep. But yeah, we, we, we show all the good stuff. Right. And, and that's the thing. Like, I think that when we begin to address the real stuff, like what's really holding me back, you know, for a long time, I dealt with like, Ace, I love the name of your book. You know, I am man enough. All right. I had to think, am I enough? Like, mm-hmm. am I enough? And it took me a while. Again, it took me a while to get that down that I am enough. And it didn't hit me until one day. I talked with a friend and I recognized the symptoms. I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh my goodness. And I just looked at her and I said, you are enough. And she was like, do you know nobody has ever said that? Not even my mama, wow. you know, and you don't think about it, but we have to tell ourselves we, I am enough. That was a limiting belief of mine. And then I'm able now because of overcoming it to recognize it. So for a long time, I didn't know what limiting beliefs were. Maybe like two years ago, I was like, limiting what? You know. <laughs> but understanding it now is such a freedom. Yeah. And, and just so for the record, everybody in here, just be honest. To be, just, just 
take the mask off because I'm going to tell you, a liberated secret is something that is priceless. Mm-hmm. Priceless. A liberated secret brings mm-hmm. freedom. Now, don't take that. That's trademark. Just for a minute. I'll put it in the uh, group. Yeah, you that's, that's really make, good, though. Make sure you put, that's, that's a workshop of mine. Liberated secrets because I had to be honest. Say it again. A liberated secret is a... It, a liberated... Well, liberated secret brings freedom is what it is. Brings, what it yeah, is. It brings freedom. Yeah. It's priceless. You can't... Once you, once you release the power that it has over you, because that's a secret keeps you in bondage. So the limiting belief of, you know, my mama said I was ugly and I wouldn't be much, then plays in your head all the time. And everything you do, like Asa said, you know, feeds into it, to what you wear, what you do, how you talk. So I'm, you got to liberate. You have to liberate yourself from those things. Okay, we have a question from Christy Jean. She said, and Christy, I think you may have gotten on after we had discussed some of this, but we are, definitely can answer the question. She said, once you know a limiting belief, how do you make a change and move to the unlimited or the more affirming belief? And we did discuss this earlier, but I'll let one of you uh, take that. So, sure. So first off, hello, Christy. I definitely see you and I definitely understand uh, what that like, what that's like to still have it, if that is still your case. Um, so take your limiting belief. So understanding what it is. And Dude, so- Sorry, before you go, if we all can maybe mute while one person is talking, cause I'm getting oh. a lot of feedback. Um, so Christy, if, so if you are helping yourself or helping someone else, if they have a limiting belief about themselves, First, I would ask them to locate where the limiting belief came from. Where did it come from? And yes, you can. So I don't know is not an answer. I will not allow you to be comfortable in your confusion. That is not an answer. I don't know is not an answer. Sometimes it's what your uncle said at six. Sometimes what your mama said at 12. Sometimes what that person that you love or you think you love said last night. Literally. What is the limiting belief and who said that to you first? Now, once you understand who said that to you first, understand what did that make you feel? Own that perception. So I'm going to ask you to do a perception exercise. In that limiting belief, what does that feel like? What does that sound like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? All of your senses understand what it is to be in that moment. Now, I would also, like if once you do that, we're going to restructure the limiting belief and create an affirmational thought or an affirmative thought. And so my, so I'm gonna tell you what that's like for me. I had a limiting belief that I was a bad business person. Why did I have a limiting belief? Because I chose, and remember, we choose. I chose to allow people's perceptions of me that had never started businesses in all of their lives. And I had read businesses, I was 22 and I'm 32 now. I let people who had never done it, but who had went to college for it and had read books on it and had all of this theory and had no practical exercises for what I was going through, take a, a, take a level of understanding or interpretation and had that totally create a totality of who I was in their minds. And I accepted that and I chose to believe it. So that's what it looked like. People thinking that I was not a good businessman saying little bits and pieces like, oh, you might not want to do that. Well, you know, if you went, if you got your MBA, you know, you probably wouldn't think in that way or (laughs) all of those little pecks that eat at you. Yeah. I'll allow all of that to come in. I don't do that anymore. I shut that down. Um, But in that moment, that's what I was doing. And so what did I have to do? I had to understand where that come from. What did that feel like? It felt hurtful. I felt like I was five and I was in prison. I felt like I was not enough. I felt like everything that I touched was trash. I felt all of that. And then what did I do? I said, I'm going to create a new normal. 
I'm going to choose to create a new normal. And so instead of saying that I'm a bad businessman, I'm going to say that I am a wealthy business genius. And that feels a lot better. I like the way that feels. I understand where that comes from. I can affirm that and articulate it and say it to myself repeatedly. So it's not a long statement. It's a very condensed statement. Um, and I and I make sure that I don't use the word not. And so I could have said, I am not a bad businessman, but I'm still focusing on everything that I don't want to become. So don't worry about the not. Say what you want to become. So for me, that looks like I am a wealthy business genius. And that's where I reside now. And that's the new normal that I choose to live. And then once you create that affirmative thought, ask yourself two questions. Why? So my question to myself is, why am I a wealthy business genius? Well, the question, the answer that I have is because my son, my S-O-N and my S-U-N named Adonis, needs to be able to see that a man can be more. The other thing is that there are people that are waiting on me to serve them where they are. Those are just two of my whys. And then my next question, what can I do today to make that a maximized reality. Action steps, take action. If you're depressed, take action. If you're pissed off, take action. If you're mad, take action. If you're anxious about something, take action. I promise it is the cure. It is the cure. Anything that you're worried about, you probably need to do something about it. So that's what I have to share. Hopefully that assisted. That that is so good, you know. And I tell people all the time, you know, uh, it's hard for me to separate my my faith from what I do. It's just it's just difficult. And when I when I hear the response, the first thing that came to mind when Asa was really talking about asking yourself that question, why, and then what can you do? Uh, there's a story about a man who was lame and who was sick, and he was sitting at a pool. And he sat at that pool for years because of the rehearsed uh, mindset of what uh, was going on in his head. And uh, a man by the name of Jesus, <laughs> you know, was walking by that pool. And he came to this man who was lame, who was sick, who he asked him, you know, pretty much, you know, why do you remain sitting at this pool? You know, and Christy, I'm I'm asking you and everybody else who is uh, on tonight's um, blab. You know, why do you remain at the pool of the job that you hate? Why do you remain at the pool of the unwritten book? Why do you remain at the pool of this terrible relationship? Why do you remain at the pool of not taking action for your dreams? Why do you remain at the pool of friends who tear you down, who do nothing uh, to help you get to the place that you need to go? Why do you remain at the pool of being at a church that's not feeding you anything, uh, not helping you to grow um, with a pastor who's a womanizer and you know it, but you still sit under that. Why do you remain at the pool? And the answer that the man gave was that he didn't have anybody to help him get in the pool. How many of you have had that answer? If I just had a mentor, if I just had somebody to show me the way, if I just had somebody to, you know, help me, if I just had somebody to uh, give me a ride, if I just had somebody give me a thousand dollars to take this class, if I just had an MBA, if I had a bachelor's degree, if I got my PhD, if I, you know, got this new job that was paying me six figures, when all it takes for that man to get up and to be healed. Because all Jesus said was get up and walk. What action are you not taking? If you want to overcome what's holding you back, get that thing in your head and then do the direct opposite of what it's telling you not to do. You know, for years I wouldn't, I wouldn't take speaking engagements. Um, that might have been last minute, 
because I felt like I needed two, three, four weeks to prepare. And so if they called me on Monday and they wanted me to speak on Wednesday, that whole idea of me not being enough and I needed all this time to prepare or when churches would call me to come and preach uh, the same week, uh, that Sunday, which was of the same week, I wouldn't go because I was like, well, I, I need, you know, 10 nights to get before the Lord. And uh, no, I needed to take action. And when I started to take action on the things that I was afraid of, because I felt like people would judge me based on how good of a job I did. When I started taking actions, walls and barriers began to move. You know, opportunities began to come my way because I realized that the thing that was holding me back was me. It wasn't somebody helping me get into the pool. My healing, my liberation, my freedom, all was wrapped up inside of me. Wrapped up inside of me. So that's my spiel. <laughs> Say, do you have anything you want to share? Or she said, thank you for re repeating. Good. You're welcome. Anybody else have anything that they, a question or comment that you would like to share? Because we, we have, oh, wow, we're right at nine o'clock. I didn't know we were right at nine o'clock, but you know, anyone want to come in on the open seat and share any last comments before we end tonight's blab? I want you to remember that we're on tomorrow night with Zenovia Andrews of Max Out Incorporated. This is a bad lady. She and her husband are a powerhouse. They have, are doing great things in the world. And then on Thursday night, we have my coach, my business coach, uh, someone who helps hold me accountable, none other than April Franks Hunt, coach, speak, and serve. So join us back here tomorrow night and Thursday night. Share it with all that, everyone that you know. I hope that you were blessed. Can you just type in the comments if this was helpful on tonight? Type in the comments, uh, yes, yes. We learned that from Lisa Nichols. Type in the comments, yes, yes, if this was helpful for you on tonight, because we want to make sure that we are providing content that is valuable and something for you um, to receive and experience. Also, you can direct people who have not registered or signed up to my uh, group page, which is Brayden Inspires, B-R-A-D-E-N, Brayden Inspires. It is the pin post. If they click on the pin post, they can sign up, become a part of the community, meet us on the Blab on tomorrow and Thursday, and we will take it to another level because I believe that these three nights are going to set a few people free and liberate you to be more authentic, to be more on purpose because I'm a firm believer, and I'll say it one more time, that the greatest failure in life is to be successful at the wrong assignment. So if nobody else has anything to say, I'm going to call it a night on this blab. Thank you for joining us, Lindsay. We appreciate you coming on in here and sharing your piece of wisdom. And we hope that you join us on tomorrow as well. Good night, everybody, and take care. Thank you, Asa Laveau. Wait a minute. Asa Laveau, can we? I don't know if they got emoji or anything, but give Asa Laveau a hand, some hearts, some love. The genius activator, the man is on fire and he is doing his thing. So we appreciate you. Thank you for joining me on the night. I appreciate you um, being on with me. I think this was a great, great blab. It was, it was. Thank you. All right. Good night, everyone. Do you have a message that needs to be heard but rarely get an opportunity to share? Maybe you have a workshop, seminar, or class you want to provide but need an outlet to share the value of your event. Or perhaps your coaching business is stagnant and needs an innovative way to engage new clients. What if there was a proven way to accomplish all of those things with one tool and the right strategy? Well, look no further. I have created a program called Cast It 2016. Magnify your voice, 
maximize your platform, and monetize your message. If you are a coach, speaker, or an author, and you're interested in podcasting, Cast It 2016 is for you. If you are interested, please reach out to me at markeith at markeithbrayton.com. Markeith at markeithbrayton.com and I will receive your email and reach back out to you as soon as possible. And remember, you can cast it in 2016.